Amen. God is good. We've been talking over the last three weeks or so, four weeks, about being led by the Spirit of God. We called it the guiding light. That was what really, you know, the guiding light like the soap opera, but He is the guiding light as He leads us. It says in Proverbs 20, right, 27, that the, the Spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. And it is that guiding light on the inside of you that leads you in the way that you need to go. It's about being led by the Holy Spirit. And tonight we talk about not holding back. You know, if you want to go back and review a little bit, the first week we talked about His plan and our attitude, and that our attitude has to be right if we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. Pastor Pam shared a little bit about it, about that bridle being in the, in the mouth, and that, you know, I mean, you can drag and pull, or you can just kind of, you can be the person who rides free, you know, you just ride with the Holy Spirit, and it's, there's no saddle, there's no thing, it's just holding on and just going, instead of having to be drugged and held back. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. God leads us gently. And the attitudes that you need to have, those five hard attitudes that we talked about that first week, you can look it up online at victorylafayette.org. You can go to our media page. You can find all the messages that Pastor Pam's been sharing lately. You can find these Wednesday night series that I've been sharing on being led by the Spirit of God. You can get that. You can download it on your iPod, do whatever you want to do, and take it with you, share it with somebody else. But those attitudes are having a prepared heart. We talked about having being good ground for the Holy Spirit to plant seed, the Word of God to be seed in our lives, to grow up a harvest. And then besides being not just prepared, you need to be yielded to the Spirit of God. You need to say, okay, I'm good ground and, and not, not my will, but your will be done, like Jesus did. And this is the, the preparation part of Him pouring out His plan and purpose and, and, and desire and will for your life. And it's not just a one-time thing, it's a day-by-day -day process and a moment-by-moment -moment situation. And be devoted to seeking after God. It says that if you seek God, if you're devoted to seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all of these things that he has for you will be taken care of out of Matthew in chapter 6 as he talks about the birds of the air and the flowers in the field and all those things. Being humble before the Lord. It says the humble he guides and teaches his way. It says, and then the last thing was really to be reverent, to honor God, to have a reverential fear of the Lord, to say, I love you and I'm going to do whatever I can. I don't want to displease you. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I mean, I, I just, oh, I don't, I want to please God with everything that's on the inside of me. Men, you're married, you know what I mean. You want to make sure that your wife is taken care of, that you please her every moment of the day. And so your utmost thoughts are always, what can I do to make her day better? Maybe not. I don't know. No women said amen, so that must be a word to the men here. We need to pick it up a little bit. But the, the, last week we talked about spirit, soul, and body and the fact that you're triune man. And we have to understand that because I think it's sometimes people are like, I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know why it's all going wrong. Well, it's because your mind's going crazy on you. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Brad shared a little bit about some reasoning and some different things, being led by the Spirit and, and allowing Him to lead you and guide you regardless of what you might think or the direction you might go. But that you are a spirit man first. Pastor Pam shared about it when she talked a couple weeks ago on a Sunday morning about Billy Joe. Doherty, who's the pastor, was the pastor at Victor Christian Center in Tulsa. He passed away. She said, Billy Joe didn't die. His body expired. And that you are spirit, and you're, that's the part of you that's made new, the new creature in Christ, the, the born-again part. Nicodemus in John in chapter 3, as he begins to share about that, he didn't understand what was going on. But that's who you are as a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and emotions. And if you can keep those renewed to the Word of God, if you can keep yourself flowing in the spirit, then you have the fruits of the spirit, not the, the, the lust of the flesh. And that your mind is renewed to the Word of God, and it's transforming you into who God wants you to be and not being transformed or conformed toward this world. And the last part was your flesh. And that if you keep those first two in order, then your flesh has to kind of stick with it. It doesn't have a choice. 
And we talked a little bit right at the end about the lamp of the Lord and that scripture out of Proverbs and the idea that the Holy Spirit leads us by what's called, mainly, he leads us by what's called the inward witness or what Kenneth Hagin teaches or shares as the inward witness. He talks about God, the Holy Spirit, speaking to us and into our lives. He shares in his book three ways. It's how you can be led by the Spirit of God. Billy Joe has a great book, too, Being Led by the Spirit. That's a great one that talks about the experiences that he's had. What I like to read about that one of Billy Joe's is he talks about all the places in his life where God told him to do something, and he did something else. And we'll talk about that because today we're going to talk about reasoning. And like Brad said, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't the direction we were going, but it went this way, and so we did that. We didn't stop and say it's not going to make sense. We didn't stop and say there's only two. We didn't stop and do that. We just followed what God told us. Kenneth Hagin talks and shares about the inward witness. That's that still small voice on the inside of you that you just can't figure out why this is the right thing to do. You can't put your finger on it, but you know that on the inside, this is the right thing to do. Or something on the inside of you, like Pastor Bill said, you know, that green light, that green light and red light, or that check in your spirit. If you've heard Pastor Bill or Pastor Pam share about that, that's that thing on the inside of you where you just can't get peace. It looks like it should be a perfect opportunity, but something on the inside of you is telling, no, don't go do it, don't go do it. Now, most of us, as we mature in Christ, we, we do it anyway. And then we get smacked and we go, oh, that was God. Oh, he was telling me not to do that. I did it. Ah. So what hopefully, right, if you have children, hopefully what we learn is, oh, that was God. I'm not going to do that again. How many of you have had kids who've continued to do the same thing over and over again? You know, that's, yes, my daughter's. Daniel was very smart. He did something wrong. He figured that out. That's not right. I need to do something different. Rachel just said, smack, whatever, dude, go your way, because I'm going to do it again. Uh, she didn't quite catch on to that as readily as the other one. But he shares, Kenneth Hagin in that book, he shares about the inward witness, and that he says that's the main way that the Holy Spirit begins to speak to and communicate with and lead the believer. The second way, he says, is called the inward voice, which really, truly is the voice of your spirit, which is your conscience. And then the third way is that more authoritative one, and he has shared in his book, and in my life and my experiences, and maybe in yours, as Thelma shared with me after service last week, that's the one where, you know, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit is authoritative. It's all caps, it's loud, it says, hey! And that's the one where you start looking around thinking somebody talked to you. Nobody really talked to you. It wasn't audible here, but it was audible in your spirit. And the Holy Spirit, what Kenneth Hagin shares, and what I find in my experience, it's usually when God really wants to get my attention and say, hold on here a second. I've been talking to you a little bit, and you haven't listened to anything else, and this is, this is it. That's the one where I was backing out of the parking lot back here one day in my truck, and I heard, stop it, and I hit the brakes. Just like mom would say, you know, like when you're learning to drive, you know, mom always, stop, you hit the brakes and look around. I hit the brakes and look around. I've forgotten it. I've forgiven you. You need to forget it too. Oh, i never forget it. I mean, it was like, and I just said, Okay. I was just beating myself up about something that was stupid. Something little that I did that I was like, oh, you idiot, you should have done that. You know, I'm kind of giving myself a hard time, kind of bringing myself down the wrong road. And for some reason, that particular moment, that's when God decided that's how he was going to communicate with me. But I've never forgotten that. And I've forgiven myself when I ask forgiveness. And I forget it too. Because he showed that to me that day. And it was in a way that, man, I got. Anyway, that's just freebie today. That's not on the list, and that wasn't anything that we've covered before. But those are the three main ways, really, that the Holy Spirit begins to communicate, that the Lord communicates using the Holy Spirit to you and your spirit. And you can read this book. It's a great book. I would suggest it to anybody. It's wonderful. Billy Joe's is great, too. Billy Joe shares a story in one of his, and it's fantastic, because he was, 
he was progressing in ministry, and, they, and he and Sharon were married, and they were going to go out and travel a little bit. And he was staying in pastors' homes, you know, along the way. And this was kind of, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. And it, I mean, it was a little different situation. And, and, and he was looking for just a, a car, you know, to go do some stuff. And somebody said, no, Billy Joe, you don't need a car. But he felt in the spirit, you need to get a car. He needed to get this van or whatever it was, you know. And, and, and people started talking to him. And how many people, you know, I mean, they, they're good people. They're not trying to say bad things. Sometimes it's our own talking to us. Sometimes it's somebody else talking to us. But somebody was telling him. And maybe this is you where you are today. You know, God spoke something to you. And he shared something with you. And you really feel like this is what you're supposed to do. But it doesn't make any sense. And so these people begin to say, oh, Billy Joe, you don't, you know, you don't need a van. You don't need a car. What you, what you need is a, you need to get a camper. Because if you had a camper then you wouldn't have to stay in pastors' homes and you'd have so much more privacy to prepare your message and you'd be refreshed, you'd be able to minister and you could carry your stuff. I mean, they're telling him all these things and so it's like making sense to his head. And we said, right, in 1 Corinthians in chapter 2 that the, the things that the Spirit speaks to you and shares with you and the things that you sense on the inside in your spirit, those things aren't carnally, you can't make, you can't make those be right. But spiritually, they are right. And Billy Joe said, okay, and he bought a camper. And he was excited and sharing, and, you know, I mean, they went out and got the camper, and they got it all ready to go, and it wouldn't hook up to their car. And then their car couldn't pull it. And then, you know what? The camper stayed in a parking lot somewhere, and then they left Tulsa and went traveling around in their car, just like they were before. And he said, you know, I began to realize you can't, you can't reason those things out. And tonight what I want to share with you is that idea of, of why don't I follow the Holy Spirit. I think as you're praying in the Spirit, as you're opening yourself up to who God is and what He has for you, not just in the Word, not just what Pastor Pan or Pastor Bill might be preaching or teaching at the moment or what you might see Joyce Meyer say on TV or whatever that is, but what's the Holy Spirit speaking and saying and sharing to you on the inside of you? Now, what am I going to do with that? Because we have a lot of opportunities. And the first thing really truly that I always run into is this idea that it doesn't make sense to my head. That it, I, I can't reason it out. I can't figure it out. Carnal reasoning is this reasoning process, this thinking process, this rationalizing process that is apart from the Word of God. And it says, like I said in 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, I think it's like 14. It says the things that the Spirit speaks really are, are confusion. They don't make any sense to the natural mind. The natural mind can't discern the things of the Spirit because they're spiritually discerned. And what happens is you begin to try to make sense of, and where's Daniela? Because she left earlier. There you are. I made funny of that first one. Well, I didn't make funny of it. But I said, remember that time in class? I did. Well, gosh, everybody tells on me, man. I did forget your name. For one moment, I couldn't remember who you were. But remember that time in class? You began to share about you were going down the road, and we were, we were saying to God, show us, speak to us, teach us how to be led by the Spirit. That was our class, and that's what we did in BBI. God, speak to us. Show us. We want to know. We all want to know. We live in a world today that's getting darker, and we need to know. And Daniela came to class and sat down and put her book and said, I got it. I screwed it all up. I know it was God. You know, there's, you never get so excited to be wrong in all your life. But when you learn something, she said, I knew it. God said, go left. And she said, I was just going to go on. And I started thinking, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I want to go left? That's just going to take me the wrong way. Home's this way. I'm laying around. And she was telling me the whole story and doing her thing and waving her arms and everybody was all into the story. And then she said, sure enough, ding, ding, ding. And the train came and I got stuck by a train. 20 minutes, 20 minutes. All I had to do was turn left, but it didn't make any sense. 
That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. But what we had done was we had said, God, speak to me. I want to know. Begin to show me. And what we began to do was begin to take all those situations in our lives, most of them where we screwed up, because those are the ones we really knew the outcome for. And we said, okay, I get it. That was you. So when you're, you know, you're, and this is no different than what Kenneth Hagin shares in his book. If you go back to the beginning of his book, he begins and he shares how, how God spoke to him about the inward witness, about that green light and that, that check in the spirit or that stoplight that told him not to proceed or to proceed. He begins to lay it out just like this. Now, what he had was Jesus who came into his room and sat down with him and began to talk to him. He had that kind of vision. But what, what, what the Lord spoke to him was, okay, that thing that you, you know what you're sensing on the inside of you? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, that means go. And then basically he said, you know that thing that you, know, you can't, you know, it's just like you keep throwing the paper away, you don't know what's wrong, it doesn't feel good? He goes, yeah. He goes, that means stop. Put his chair away and walk out the door. Basically, and said, I'm not going to do this anymore. You got it? Now think about that. I mean, that's, you know, that's it. And not very many people are teaching this. Not very many people are talking about this. Not, I mean, this is... Kenneth Hagin in the early days. And that was it. And then he said, okay, okay. That was his crash course. He couldn't come to VBI and spend eight weeks taking how to determine your divine direction. That was his crash course, 10 minutes or whatever that was. So for us, the idea is be alive to the Spirit in such a way. Be sensitive to the Spirit in such a way that I don't go reasoning in a way. That I don't start thinking why it couldn't be. That's why sometimes when you have little kids, it's always good because they listen and they say, well, sure it is. God said. Pastor Bill shares the story of Pastor Pam where she wasn't feeling well and Daniel came over and prayed for her. He was a little boy. You know how long ago that was. You've seen him. He's 20. But he was a little guy. And he came over and wanted to play ball and he touched grandma and said, in Jesus' name, be healed. And then Pastor Bill looked at her and said, what are you going to do now? She said, I'm going to go play ball. <laughs> he didn't even have the thought that, it shouldn't not, that she should not get, be okay. He, that didn't even occur to him. And, and hopefully as he's matured in his life, that, that thought of it can't or it shouldn't or it doesn't make sense, hopefully that part stays out. As a parent, we're, we're teaching how to be led by the Spirit of God and what is God speaking to you and what is He sharing in your heart. And if you have a peace with it, then it's okay. That's not a kind place to be when you're that person that's going, no, 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 I just want you to tell me what to do. And I think a lot of people come to the church, come to the pastors and say, just tell me what to do. And Pastor Bill always says what? What's the Word of God say? What's the Holy Spirit say? I don't want to hear that, dude. I want you to tell me yes or no. Buy the property or not buy the property. Not be led by the Spirit. But that's what God wants you to do is be led by the Spirit. Because that's the, you can help people all day long. You can tell them the right answer. But when you find out for yourself that that was God, that He was sharing with you, and you didn't reason it away, that's the auto-quench. Man, that, well, you begin to reason it away, and you might as well not even have heard. You, you will quench the spirit as you begin to reason. You lose, all your, you lose all your joy. You lose all your peace. All of a sudden, you're double-minded, triple-minded, quadruple-minded. People look at you and go, what is wrong with you? I don't know. I'm going to do that. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Well, I don't know. What am I going to go? I don't know. I don't know. Am I? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? And then you look around and everybody's left because you're nuts. And you can't, you can't keep anything going on. But see, it says in Jeremiah, and if you look there in, in chapter 17, there's a, it, draws a, it draws a distinct line in Jeremiah 17. It, it, it draws a distinct line in chapter, five, or chapter 17, verse 5. It begins to talk about the person who leans on flesh, who leans on reasoning, who leans on natural. And what it says is, 
Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Well, that's not who we want to be, but if you'll start being real with yourself, that's exactly who you're becoming. If the Spirit is beginning to speak... Now, we're maturing, right? It says Romans 8, 14. The, those you know, who are led by the Spirit are the sons and daughters of God, the mature sons and daughters. Those We're learning to be like this. It goes on, though, in that next verse in chapter 6, and says, For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inherit the parched places in the wilderness and a salt land which is not inhabited. Now, that's not us. We don't want to be that person who's, you know, like the good ship lollipops going right by. We don't even notice. Why? Because we're like, we're, we're getting all crazy up here. We're, we're, we're trying to make it make sense to our head. We're trying to make a six-step plan to make what God had work, and we're upset because the plan's getting... That wasn't God's plan. That was you putting plans to God's word. And it says man plans his ways, but it says God directs his steps. That's the part that overtrumps your plans. And, and, and we don't always like that, and we don't always operate in it that way. And I sure like to make sure there's a bridge here before I walk out. But if God says walk out, has he let you fall yet? No. Have, <laughs> have you had issues with it plenty of times before you stepped out? How many mountains have you wandered around? You know, before you finally said, okay. Well, did he change his mind? Nope. Did he change what he was going to do? Nope. What changed? You. We're always the one who finally say, okay, God, I'm done. I don't want to be crazy anymore. I don't want to have all these things going on in my head. I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it. And if you can do that, then it goes on and says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. So you go from the cursed side to the blessed side and you go from the shrub in the desert who's not seeing when good comes to the next guy in verse 8. He's the guy that gets to reap it all. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots in the river and will not fear when the heat comes. But it's, see, will not fear when the heat comes. It doesn't say that it's going to be purdy. There's still going to be heat, but you're not getting scared. You're not getting upset. It says in and then it, its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. Now, it's drought out there in the world financially and all kinds of different ways, and it's getting darker, but I don't have to be anxious because I'm leaning on the Word of God. I'm leaning on the Spirit. Nor will cease from yielding fruit, which means, man, you're going to flourish. But you're not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. You can go back to Romans, and that's another verse that's on your list, and you can go back there and read some of that as you go. Romans 8, 5 through 9 talks about the mental side of things, and we shared that scripture last week. You know, it talks about the fact that the, the natural mind, it says, is enmity against God, which means they're enemies. It means that they fight against each other. In Galatians, we shared that scripture, Pastor Pam did as well on Sunday, that says the flesh and the spirit war against each other, and you can't figure out why you don't have any peace. But if you go to Romans 8 and you read those first few scriptures there where it says there's no condemnation to those who walk in the Spirit and not the flesh. And it goes on and it begins to describe. And, and I do this in some of those classes we teach in BBI and I've done this in my own life and sometimes I just need some truth. So I draw a little line, a little T mark and I put life and spirit over here and I put death and flesh over here. And then I go through those scriptures and I begin to see. It lines it up. If you walk in the Spirit, yay! If you walk in the flesh, boo. And it goes all the way through those scriptures. How many times, I mean, sometimes I just need to be, you know, plain and simple. Sometimes I start getting all complicated and God just takes me back. And says, okay, here you go, big guy. Read back through these one more time. And I begin to, I mean, I don't, I don't have to draw it anymore. I already know. I've drawn it enough over the years. 
but sometimes I have to come back to that. Because my cry of desperation was always, if I don't worry about it, who will? Some other warriors out there, amen. It's good to have you in the house. I mean, if, I, if I'm not going to pay, if I'm not going to, like, beat myself crazy about it, who's going to do it? Because she wasn't a worrier. She was a little miss, God will take care of everything, and it's okay. And I was the one going, what are we going to do? Tearing my hair out. And she's just like, hey, it's okay. That just makes you matter. That does not help matters. Rarely does that make you go, oh, okay, honey. Now it should, but it didn't. None of the stuff that God was saying ever made sense up here. And I was so stuck up here that it became absolutely paralyzing. And I don't want you to be in that place when we leave today. I don't want you to be in the place where it's, I mean, it's absolutely bringing you down. Because, I mean, it'll actually, it'll stop you in your tracks. I mean, you, it'll just shut you down. And that's the way I became. You know, and many of you have been around for a long time, so you've heard me share some of these testimonies and some of these things. But, but financially in our life, I, I got to a point where I, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I wasn't doing it God's way. I didn't listen to what the Lord said. I didn't know what the Spirit, I didn't even care what the Spirit was saying. I was trying to figure it all out. And none of it made sense, and I, and I got so trapped, and I got so, I, I, was just, I was shutting down in my life. There was no hope. There, there was no way out. There, there was nothing. And, and I, didn't, I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know where to go. I just kind of like sat there. I didn't even, I, I didn't, there wasn't, I was coming to church. I knew the truth, I think, you know. But I wasn't allowing it to make a difference. I wasn't allowing the things that the Spirit was saying to me to make a difference. I was trying to make it all make sense up here. And the Word of God, I think sometimes if we can get our mind renewed to the Word of God, it begins to make some sense. But the things that the Spirit speaks to you many times in that natural mind, they don't make sense. And if you become a reasoner, if you become somebody who has to make it all okay up here before you do anything out here, you're going to be in real trouble. Because the Word of God doesn't work that way. Faith doesn't work that way. Faith doesn't say if you can figure it out and you can do it, then go do it. Faith says God's got it under control. Go do it. He didn't say, you know, move out. He didn't tell Abraham to take off. Oh, by the way, you're going to 3rd Street and Maple. And when you get there, he just said he went out not knowing where he was going. But he did it anyway. And in our lives today, we don't like that. I want to know. I got GPS on my phone. I got all kinds of stuff. I, I don't have to worry about being lost. Right? I mean, I, hey, I'm good. But when God says go and you go, hold on, dude. Give me the, give me, what are we doing? Give me some directions. And he doesn't have that. Then you can't reason it away. You can't make it make sense. Then it shuts you down. We don't want to end up like that. And reasoning is one of the ways that believers, really, if we're going to talk about not holding back, reasoning is a way that we hold back or that we're held back. That devil, well, yeah, okay, I suppose. It's the wiles of the enemy. But you have all the ways to defeat that in the Word of God. He's shown you, and He's told you, and He's taught you, and you know the truth. But you have to get past that. You have to not allow that thinking of, if I don't figure it out, what's going to happen? Relax and let God be gone. Give Him some room to work in your life. It means you've got to keep going this direction. And if you don't, then you're going to be in trouble. 
It's going to be Godward or it's going to be inward, and you get to make that choice. Is it going to be Godward? In Proverbs, right, in chapter 3, 5 through 8, it says, Trust not in what? Your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God. Not just in all of them except, you know, the finances. Not just in all of them except, you know what, I hate my husband. Not just in the all of them that says, you know what, it's always the husband that gets hated. I'm the one saying that. What's up with that? But it's in, it's in all of my ways, it says. It says, trust in the Lord in all of my ways. All of my ways. Not just a little. And if you look at the Message Bible in, in chapter in 5, it says that don't think you can figure it all out. That's what the Message Bible says. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. I mean, that's, that's pretty plain and simple. So what are we going to do? Are we going to lean on our own understanding? Are we going to try to figure it out ourselves? Or are we going to allow God to do that? That's a trust thing. You know, the new thing now, if you watch and you go on, you know, you can, well, I don't know if you should or shouldn't. I don't know. But if you go to YouTube and you do like trust fall, that's like this thing, isn't that what it's called? Trust? It's like people are doing that now. It's just, it's just, kids are stupid. And they just like, they walk around the mall and they just walk around and some kid's falling with a camera. And then all of a sudden they just kind of walk by and they go, trust fall. And they just fall into the person who's next to them. And most of the time, they fall flat on their head. It's hilarious to watch. But if Pastor Pam did it the other day, and that's why I couldn't help but start laughing, because you tried to lean in Pastor Bill, and we're going to do a trust fall. And I thought, man, she's been watching YouTube. She's been doing it, whatever, you know. But we got to be able to trust God. Like Pastor Pam said, if she fell into Pastor Bill, he would catch her. He would act like he's not. He would try to, you know. But he would catch her. He wouldn't let her hit the ground. God's not going to let you hit the ground. He's not going to let you bottom out. If he's called you, told you, showed you, shared with you, put that in your heart, put it in your spirit, then he's going to come through. He's doing all of that for our good and our benefit. But after reasoning, after that part, we're going to say, you know what, I don't want any part of that. I'm just going to trust God. That's it, man. I'm just going to do it. And then sure enough, man, he's going to give you something. You're going, I ain't going to do that. It doesn't make any sense to me. What are they going to think? Let's, you know, get all that out. We talked a little bit about that last week, so that's good. But the next thing is really is this idea that I don't feel like it. And this is the one that's even worse. Reasoning we all get, right? I mean, reasoning we kind of understand. We're smart folks. Hey, we always say this. I have the mind of Christ. You're not using it. That's the problem. <laughs> See, I mean, we all use that as an example. I'm using the mind that God gave me in the way that God didn't want you to use it. But, you know, I mean, that's kind of the thing. We don't say that. That's the, I mean, reasoning's okay. Reasoning doesn't really put a whole, we're all kind of like, it's the I don't feel like it that is, that's the one that hurts. <laughs> Apparently. That's the one. See, it's, it's, it's that idea of, and, you know, and Pastor Bill giggled when I said it because we always kind of hit on Pastor Bill a little bit, but he used to say that all the time. I don't care how you feel. And people get their feelings hurt. I don't know if that works or what, what that means. But, hey, it doesn't matter what you feel. How many of you have had to do something regardless of if you felt like it or not? I mean, we all have, spiritually or not spiritually. I got kids in class, man. They used to do that all the time. I don't, I don't feel like doing that. I don't care. You think, I don't, I don't feel like teaching you either. I don't like teaching you as much as you don't like learning from me, so let's just get that out here right now. Right? I mean, there are days I don't feel. I, I didn't feel like going to school. I went anyway. 
You want the paycheck, right? You do what the man says. I mean, there are certain things in your life. I tell kids this all the time. I tell youth, you know, we were the youth pastors for four years. Now we're doing those college kids. Look, dude, there are, and the college kids are smarter because they get, they get some of this. They're either working or they're in college and they understand. I mean, that, that, that age group is starting to realize, well, they don't care what I think. <laughs> I still got to go. <laughs> they're getting that. Younger people don't always understand that. They say, I don't feel like doing it. Okay. Then your life is going to suck. And that's pretty much, that's what, can we say that? Oops. Your life is going to stink. And that's what I tell them. And they're like, I can't believe you're saying that. It's the truth. Now I want to help you not stink anymore. So you've got to get past what you feel. Nowhere in the Word of God does it say that my feelings lead me. It doesn't say in Proverbs in chapter 20 that, that I'm led by my feelings and if I don't feel like it, then I don't have to. It doesn't say that. It says the lamp of the, 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 lamp of the Lord, is the, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. You're led by your spirit. It says all of those in Romans 8, it says right in 14, you're not led by your feelings are the sons and daughters of God. You're not led by your mind. It says you're led by the spirit, not the rest of you. So it really truly ouch, doesn't matter what you feel. You've said that to your kids, so don't look at me like I'm saying something that's odd. I don't care what you feel like. Get up and clean the bathroom. There you go. All the mothers said, amen, I told them that. Wait till I get home. I'm going to cook that up on the Internet. Great. Isaiah thought I was talking to him one day on the Internet. I, I, I was a message that we preached in, in a live, and I was sharing something, and, and David was sharing it, and, and Isaiah was listening, and he came to church and said, like, he was talking to me. I knew he was talking to me. <laughs> no, man, I was talking to like 25 people over my life. I, I didn't even know you were around. So, yeah, we got, we got a nice website so that I can direct messages to you at home. Isaiah? If you're online right now, I love him. He's great. You know, people, too many people don't see what God wants them to do because they won't get past the flesh. Feelings are the voice of the flesh, right? Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. Feelings are the voice of your flesh. And we've already conquered the spirit, soul, and body thing. And we're supposed to be spirit man in charge and control, mind the soul part, renewed to the word of God, and then your flesh is lived as a sacrifice on this earth. So, so your flesh really is like the last, I didn't feel like working out, but I worked out anyway. My life was great, headed in that direction. When I let not feeling like doing it no more overwhelm me, then it didn't go so good. There's, there's not a way around that. And spiritually in your life, if you're led by feelings, if you're led by flesh, it only leads to death. Galatians, chapter, chapter 5, Pastor Pam shared about it. But it says, right, that, that the spirit and the flesh war against each other. But think about it, and Pastor Pam shared some about this on Sunday morning. You don't want any part of the seeds that are going to come from being ruled by feelings. Because that's ruled by flesh. And those seeds are going to reproduce the fruit of the lust of the flesh in your life. 
And you can go back through here and you read them. Pastor Pam read them the other day and, and none of it's any good. But we want the fruit of the Spirit in our life. But see, we're being led by feelings. And you have to begin to put that aside. And as I grew up and as I matured and became a man, I stopped worrying about how I felt and I did it anyway. See, spiritually in your life, is that where you are? Not worrying about what you felt like and you did it anyway. There's plenty of things in your life that you didn't feel like doing, but you put that aside. Now, I'm not talking spiritually, I'm just talking like things. You put them aside and you did the right thing. You did what you should have done, what you didn't feel like doing, and when you were finished, you reaped the reward. So now what we have to do is transfer that into our life spiritually. That we'll do what God asks us to do. Pastor Bill's probably doing all those things. That's, he's laughing already. But those are the things in your life that began to make you who you are today. In the natural. You got up, you went to class. You got up and did whatever the job was. I mean, you did all those kind of things. Spiritually in your life, those are the things that really begin to make you who you are. And if you want to mature, and you want to grow on, and you want to be those sons and daughters of God, if you want to be that person who's mature, then you can't reason away the things that the Spirit's saying, and you can't allow your flesh, you can't allow your feelings to get in the way. I don't feel like doing that. Pastor Bill said if we all come to breakfast this morning, man, we're going to be blessed. I don't feel like getting up. It's my only day off. Okay, well then land bed and be blessed. Or be unblessed, sorry. Be sour. That's good. That's going to make things great. Yeah, well, I don't see you getting up and doing anything Pastor Pam said. Well, I don't care what you think. And then it all just kind of was, it kind of snowballs out of control. And the kids are screaming, shut up, you're always fighting. Smash. Oh, you know, Jay, you go clean the bathroom. And now you're fine Saturday. Has turned into a war zone. Because you didn't feel like going. You don't know what you're opening up the door to. Now your weekend's ruined and Monday comes and you got to go back to that stinking job. I don't know. I've never been there, so I don't know if that's a lie. I skipped to work. Fickle feelings is what Joyce Meyer, I think, called them, right? One minute you're up, one minute you're down. And if you'll allow your flesh, if you'll allow your mind, they will take control. They love that. And they will run you and your life into the ground. As a believer, we talked about it last week, right? We turned the lights on. The lights are on. So now all of a sudden we are in the place where we don't have to be like that. We can actually be the one who comes on the scene and brings peace and brings life. Because we're not being led by our feelings. We don't have to reason it out in our head. We trust God. And we know the Word of God. I mean, that's, you know, we know the Word of God. We're being led by His Spirit. We're being obedient and stepping out in faith. And we're seeing God do the right things. Now, if you're any of those other people that we talked about, maybe your Saturday was like the one that I just described or whatever, we can pray in just a minute. Because God is there and He will take care of you. We all make mistakes. And Elizabeth has yelled at me like that, and I've had to treat her just like, it's okay, sweetie. I know you've had a bad day, and the devil's trying to bring you down, but it's all right, darling. I'll pray for you. Something like that. We've got two scriptures here, and we'll finish up because this is important. 
I think many times we, we really believe that I've been in church a long time. I've been reading my Bible. I've gone through it. You know, I've, I got it all down. I know it all. Well, it says in John in chapter 14, and these are just two scriptures that I wanted to share because they speak a lot to us and we quote them a lot, but what they mean is sometimes overlooked. And it says in, in John 14, 26, it says, but the, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will what you? He will teach you all things. He will teach you. Being taught something implies that I don't know it. And I think sometimes God wants to teach us something and we want to tell him we already know it. See, it says he will teach you all things. If you allow the Holy Spirit to teach you, that means he's going to show you the stuff that you don't know. And if he's teaching something to you and it doesn't make any sense in your head, it's probably because you don't know it. Let him teach you. Let him grow you. Let him bring you to a new place. And it also goes on there in 16, chapter 13. It says, however, when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, and he has, he will guide you gently, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you what? Things to come, which means you don't what? Know them. In the natural mind, you don't know them. If he's going to teach you something in that particular instance or moment, it may be different from your experience in the past. But if he's teaching you something, that implies that I'm not sure. I don't have a clear understanding. I don't know what that might be. If he's going to tell me things to come, that means I didn't know what those things were. And so he's trying to tell me something. It's for my good. It's for my benefit. How many times have you told your kids that? I'm telling you this because it's for your benefit. It's for your good. Right. I mean, we'll do that. But when we're on the other end of that finger, I guess God's nice. So it's just a, it's okay. But we're on the other end, we don't like that so much. But how many times have you been right with your kids and then been wrong? Just about all of them. There have been a few times. You know, there have been a few times I've been wrong. God's never wrong. But in that natural relationship, there's been a few times. But most of the time, we know what's right. Most of the time because of experience. Most of the time because we know what's out there. Most of the time because we know what's going to happen. Most of the time because we know the outcome of that particular situation. Most of the time because we have insight that they don't have. So does that sound familiar? That's what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives. That's what, he's, that's what He's trying to do. And if we'll just seed over, go back to those hard attitudes, just seed over all that stuff and say, okay, God, I'll do it. Then that same outcome that you want for your kid... That same, that same thing that you want to see happen in their life, that same blessing that you want them to attain, that's, that same bonus for doing the right thing, all of those things, the best things that you want for your kids, you'll have in your life spiritually as you follow your Father and as He guides you by the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's good stuff. It's real. It's true. So let's stand up today and let's pray together. I think as I go back and I read some of these things that Kenneth Hagin has written about being led by the Spirit, and Billy Joe, I am, <clears throat> I, am, I am encouraged because I see in, in their writing, I see in their lives, and especially Billy Joe's book, because a lot of the things that he writes about and talks about, we were there. I mean, we lived it. I was a young person. I didn't seem like I was paying a whole lot of attention, but I was. I was watching. God always told me to just keep watching, and I kept watching. I hadn't screwed up too bad enough not to get watching that 
But I saw the places where he made it, and I saw the places where he missed it. And I thought, you know, when I began to read those books and began to put those things to practice in my life, it's just, it's just like me. Sometimes I do really well as I'm growing, and sometimes I make a few mistakes. And you know what? I listened this time, and I saw God come through, and I saw a great thing happen. And this time, you know, I just got cantankerous. I got stubborn. You know, I didn't listen. I couldn't make it make sense in my head. I reasoned it away. I didn't feel like doing it, so I didn't do it. And I, I saw the outcome of that, too. So tonight, as you shut your eyes and as you bow your heads, where are you in that process? You know, Brandon's been saved, and he got baptized tonight. He's learning the things that God has for him in the Word. and He's learning to be led by the Holy Spirit. And when I asked him that in the office, he said, you know, I get to live a different life. Different than the people who are around me, maybe the people in my life that aren't saved. I, I, I get to live differently. Different than I was before. Because Jesus was in his life. And you know what? We all have that situation. And we all may be in different places of that path. So tonight, as you open yourself up to the Lord, as you open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, where are you in that walk? Do you need to repent because you've been a little stubborn and you haven't felt like doing it? Do you need to repent because you say, you know what, I've, I've been trying to make it make sense. I've been trying to make my plan for God's will and it hadn't worked. Wherever you are, in that walk, wherever you are in that place. I know that God wants to speak to you. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.